1966, the Chicago Bears drafted the son of a Pennsylvania coal miner in the fourth round. Doug Buffon would go on to play 15 seasons for the Bears and later be named one of the 100 greatest Bears of all time. His allegiance to the Bears never waned, even when he took to the microphone and witnessed some horrendous Bears teams. The fact is, there's not the fear put into him because this game is a lot about fear. You either do the job or you go home and go sell hamburgers at McDonald's. Doug told it like it is, and that's part of the reason his nephew John has dedicated this show to Doug. And now John Buffon is spreading Buffon branded beratements just like his uncle. Win the football game. You're the head coach. I don't care what you have your fingers in. I don't care what you're meddling in. You're the head freaking coach. We get it. You're the most important guy on the staff. You don't have to keep trying to legitimize that. And he's got pep talks too. I love this team. And I know everyone watching and listening loves this team. So while we may be pessimistic and cynical, every one of us still has hope that the stars will align at some point. And if that ever does happen, you'll be glad you stuck around. John is telling it like it is here on Buffone 55. And joining John are Alyssa Barbieri, managing editor of USA Today's NFL Wires, including Bears Wire. And also Danny Shimon, lead game and draft analyst for the Barroom Network. Buckle up and bear down. This is Buffone 55, The John Buffone Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Buffone 55, a fast-paced approach at breaking down those Chicago Bears. With me, as always, is my co-host and producer, Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa, we were due for another shot of reality here in the bar room, and boy, did we get it with that ugly friggin' loss to the Chargers on Sunday night. Throw in some trade deadline drama, and another coach is gone, and well, who has time to talk about the Saints? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. My goodness, I forgot about that game on Sunday for a split second just mm. because of how busy uh, yesterday and today have been. So it, it's been crazy. And it make matters worse. That game that we that was broadcast to the entire world was a primetime game. And I was up until 2.30 again writing about the same old, same old. Uh, it's just it's one step forward and like five or 20 or 100 steps back with this team. Yeah the, yeah, the steps forward are not nowhere close to the steps backward. And then you throw in everything else that's going on around this organization. It's, and, and honestly, it's just like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot they have a game on Sunday. They, they, they got to play this. They got to play the Saints. Who's who's breaking down the X's and O's and the matchups against the Saints right now? Is, any, is, any, is anyone interested in that? Is anybody talking about that? Do people care? Uh, because there's so much other stuff going on uh with the chicago bears that it's like you kind of forget that they're a football team sometimes but uh, but eventually we're gonna have to break down uh that game but before we get back into the swing of things Alyssa, can you give everyone a rundown of how the phone 55 works 
I sure can. Uh, we will begin with the classic B-55 segment. That's when I ask John five questions about the Bears, and his responses must be completed within 55 seconds. The 55 is John's way of paying tribute to the great Doug Buffone, his uncle, his mentor, and a man who played 15 seasons with the Bears and wore number 55. Then at halftime, we're going to break down the Bears' upcoming opponent because they do play a game this week. <laughs> and this week, we're going to be taking a deep dive on the New Orleans Saints, who are trending up after recently snapping a two-game losing streak. We're then going to finish things up with a free-for-all that we call Buffone's Basement, where Danny Shimon joins John and me, and the three of us are going to have yet another therapy session after a brutal showing in primetime. So, John, coming off of a bad loss, do you have the energy for this? <laughs> as much as I possibly can. Let, let, let's, let's give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then. So it's time for our B55 segment. That's when I'm going to ask John five questions, and he's going to somehow manage to keep his responses within 55 seconds. Most of the time he does that. So let's go ahead and get it started. So John, it felt like the Bears may have had some momentum heading into Sunday night's game, but... It was quickly shut down and very early. The Bears never really got anything going on either side of the ball and ultimately fell to the Chargers 30-13. to I know you love primetime games just as much as I do. How much did this game aggravate you? Ready? 55 seconds and go. Well, there was a glimmer of hope right after they went down the field to Darnell Mooney on the first play, and then you see the replay that he wasn't exactly touched down, and that was kind of a weird omen for the rest of the night, and uh, I, I think that was the last thing that held my attention. I remember sometime in the third quarter, I was thinking to myself, wow, if I weren't a Bears fan and I didn't have to talk about this game on Wednesday, I'd probably be in bed right now watching reruns of The Simpsons and falling asleep before the end of the game. Uh, the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. They didn't establish the run game, and Tyson Bajan off obviously struggled throwing the fact that it was a primetime game and the whole country got to see the bears look like a traveling circus. And I'd say it was pretty frustrating uh, from start to finish at no point. Did it really feel like a competitive football game? So I had to stay up late, watch my favorite team get embarrassed and then wake up with that losing taste still in my mouth on Monday morning. So aggravating. Uh, yeah. I think that would, that would most likely be an understatement of how I felt after that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That was, it was brutal because like the Bears so often do, they really, they give you that little glimmer of hope. And that was that first pass to Darnell Mooney. And, and then it, and then he's yanking away from you. And it was just all downhill after that. And I'm just like, oh my God, here we go again. It's the same old thing. It's kind of like, you know, the Bears play inferior opponents that are on the same level as them. You know, they look, they look good, right? And then when they play a quality opponent, all of a sudden it's just like, oh, okay, there we go. That's who the Bears are. We knew who the Bears are. The Bears are who we thought they were. Yeah. And to make matters worse, like you said, it was a primetime game. I, I despise primetime games just as much as you. I was up till 2.30 in the morning writing the same stories it feels like I've been writing for the last two years, four years, whatever. And I don't know, it was just frustrating because football's supposed to be fun. And I feel like I've said this before and I know I have. And that was just not fun. It wasn't even close. It's like at least, you know, for some games, like the Broncos game, but again, an inferior opponent, at least when the Bears can kind of keep it close, at least for the first half, it's like, okay, we're in this. And then all of a sudden, you know, reality comes crashing down, but this wasn't even close. It's not, you're right. It's not fun because we, we lost so much hope in the first three weeks of the season, basically. Like it, it was like, it's, it's not fun when you think your team is destined to be a really bad football team. Like if, if you're destined to be in the top five picking again at the draft and you already are, you know, surmising that in, you know, week four, 
it's like, oh God, we got to do this for like, you know, how many more weeks? How many more games? How like, let, let's get to the draft. Let's fast forward. And I'm tired of feeling like that. We we wait eight months for week one, and then by week two, we're like, oh my God, there's still the same team, and and that's carrying itself into more and more of the season. And uh, it's it's we're we're barely halfway through, and that nothing has changed as far as like our demeanor towards this team, really. It's really sad, too, because I don't like feeling like this as a fan. I'm like, oh, my God, we're not even halfway through yet. I'm like, it it sucks that, like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm looking forward to the end of the season because I don't want to be like that. I want to enjoy the season because I know we're going to be back as soon as football is over. We're going to be, like, waiting, you know, the next Mm -hmm. six, eight months, whatever, for more football. And it's just... Oh, it's frustrating because every when well, you see other fan bases and other you know teams out there and they get to be excited all season. It's it's a journey, even if it ends in heartbreak. At least you know they're along for the ride. I feel like after week one, it it, it was over, which is oh, crazy. Yeah. But that's and where I, we are. There was some weird. Uh internet polls like would you rather holistically be a bears fan or a bills fan and i was like at least they're <laughs> at least their seasons are interesting like they like they i mean they they've gone to four straight super bowls and they lost but at least their regular seasons are fun rides yeah i mean i the bears won a, a super bowl what 37 years ago i wasn't alive i didn't get to see that i didn't get to have fun with that so like I, why would that's not even a debate as far I mean I'm I'm always gonna be a Bears fan but like what what like what history would you rather have? Jeez, send me give me four straight Super Bowls. At least I would have had fun from August until January rather than be like okay let's see what their draft order is gonna be or who's on the mock draft and it's you know September. So it's <laughs> uh, yeah it's 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 rough going. Is there another option because? I don't know if I can handle four straight Super Bowls. I don't know. After the third, after the second, I'd be done. <laughs> oh yeah, but no. but at least like it's fun. Now maybe maybe like maybe like after the like the second one, the the regular season loses some of its luster, where it's just like okay, I don't even care. It only matters what we do in the postseason from here on out. So maybe like in the back end of that, you lose some interest because it's like okay, I don't even care about the regular season anymore. Get us to the playoffs. But I don't I don't remember ever feeling that way where I'm just like, get us to the playoffs and see what we can do. I'm just like playoffs. What are playoffs? Playoffs <laughs> knock my knock my mic over talking about that. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh it's it's been tough sledding for Bears fans. Yeah, just absolutely brutal. Um, getting back to the game, so because there was a game, one there of the was. biggest storylines uh, heading into that Chargers game was rookie quarterback Tyson Bajent. Uh, after beating the Raiders the previous week, Bajent went 25 of 37 for 232 yards with two interceptions and one rushing touchdown. So after two starts, John, what are your thoughts on Bajent? 55 seconds are on the clock. Well, like I said, he struggled at times, and I feel like we kind of set this up to happen because the way the media works and fans work sometimes, uh, and I'm as guilty as anyone, so I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, is that some, if something isn't blatantly terrible, it's the best thing in the world. And if something isn't overwhelmingly awesome, it's trash. Like I, I said it last week, I was worried that if the Bears got down by double digits, their game plan that they used against the Raiders wasn't going to work, and it didn't. The defense didn't play well, they didn't run the ball, and they were playing from behind most of the game. It was the complete opposite of what happened the week before. So 
this could have been a real nice opportunity to talk about Tyson Bagent being a nice find that's going to be a solid developmental quarterback in the Bears system, and he'll be a good addition to the quarterback room. And if need be, he can hold down the fort while Justin Fields is out. But because he was able to lead them against Las Vegas, we hear the broadcast team saying that Justin Fields needs to study Tyson Bagent, and it went from being a nice little story to this wild divisive debate, but what else is new? Don't even get me started on that broadcast. I could, it was bad enough watching that team, watching my favorite team just go out and just get smoked, and then having to listen to Chris Collinsworth and that commentary, and that Justin Fields, the Bears need to have him study Tyson Beja, who's yeah. making his second career start. Are you kidding me? I mean, the Tyson Beja story is amazing. I think the Bears have found a really good backup quarterback, which is sure. important. But like, it, for any outsider listening to that broadcast and listening to Collinsworth, it almost sounded like the like he was talking as that the Bears had benched Justin Fields right. for Tyson Bajet and not that he was hurt. So I I don't know. It was the broadcast, but whew. but yeah, back to Bajan. Um yeah, when you look at like what he was able to do against the Raiders, right? That was a perfect game plan that suited him. You lean on that productive run game, those short, quick passes. You're not asked to do too much. Your defense is able to help you out. But we saw what happens when you finally play a quality opponent, when the run game stalled for the first time this season, or at least in a while. Um, and he was asked to do a lot more and, you know, at times he looked good and at times he didn't look good, but he's a rookie. He's an undrafted yeah. rookie. So that's to be expected. Um, and we're going to get to see him again for a third week because Justin Fields has already been ruled out. So we'll see if he can continue to at least um, stack some performances and see if he can continue and, to grow. But why can't it just be a nice little story that they found this yeah. guy out of D2 and he's going he's gonna to be a real serviceable backup and he gets his for Why does it have to be like, wow, when's the Hall of Fame ceremony? Like, 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 honest to God, like, I get it. You have to have storylines to talk about during the course of the week and the course of the broadcast and all this other stuff for time filler, for content filler, clicks. I hate that term, like clickbait or whatever. But like, but like, I, I get it. You have, there has to be stuff put out there. Uh, but like to run with it as if, like you said, he was like, he's the anointed one. Like, can't give the, that's not fair to him either. That's not that's not fair yeah. to the kid to put all that pressure on him either. So let him keep developing, and you and you, you see what you got. But yeah, what, but what, when when has patience ever been? You know, we're, we're Bears fans. We don't have patience or anything. Yeah. Plus, we're, I'm gonna we're say we're the Bears, so like they know the quarterback controversy, and that's a big thing. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, hey, let's run with this because it's always a thing in Chicago. So let's just go ahead and run with that. We'll get lots of clicks and lots of attention, but why not? Yeah, it's just just brutal. Yeah. Okay, John, so we're going to pivot uh, to a topic that's been dominating news recently. So the big news that came out on Tuesday was the Bears' action and inaction at the trade deadline. So once again, the Bears shipped off a second-round pick before the deadline. This year, they acquired defensive end Montez Sweat from the Commanders. Also of note, the Bears did not end up trading away cornerback Jalen Johnson after giving him permission to seek a trade. So, John, what are your thoughts on the Bears trading for Sweat and not trading Johnson? Somehow, you're going to manage to get this <laughs> five seconds and go. Yeah, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. For as, as for the Sweat deal, of course you have a little heartburn over what happened last year with the Chase Claypool trade. As of right now, I think the Bears traded away the 35th overall pick for Montez Sweat. Now, this was a big area of need, and I'm not sure how deep the pass rushing crop is in this year's draft. We'll have to talk to Danny Shimon about that. But for me, this move will have some real implications for Ryan Poles. I think Montez Sweat, on the surface, uh, this is a good move, but depending on the money that will eventually be wrapped up in him. But if Poles screws up 
two big trades two years in a row. I don't know how the higher-ups look at that and think everything's going in the right direction. In two years, he will have traded the 32nd overall pick and potentially the 35th overall pick, and eventually you want to see some return on that investment. As for Jalen Johnson, I'm not in the business of getting anyone from the Bears the benefit of the doubt, but I'm hoping this was just a move to let Johnson check his market around the league and then come back to the table like Ryan Poles basically said in his press conference, although it doesn't sound like he's too keen on talking about an extension uh, until he might hit free agency. Yeah, it was busy. And I mean, again, I like I woke up like not thinking the Bears are going to do anything and then just became super busy. And, you know, starting with Montez Sweat, it, it's a move that makes sense because the Bears have just a laughable pass rush. Worse in the league by far, 10 mm-hmm. sacks. You look at like that one stat that's been floating around, Montez Sweat has six and a half sacks, which is the same amount as the Bears, the entire Bears defensive line, which is just embarrassing it says it all so it's a move that you know it looks to be for the future right because when you trade for him you have to go out and you have to sign him to an extension which uh Ryan Poles was talking about because that that was the one thing about the trade people were like whoa 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 you're trading a second round pick for someone who's not under contract next year I mean understandable um and with Jalen Johnson I mean he's just someone who I mean I've talked about it here I think the Bears need to resign him he's a cornerstone piece for that defense and I really hope that they are able to get something done like you said John you know this could be a negotiation a negotiating tactic Mm. where you kind of let Jalen go around the league and say okay well other teams maybe aren't going to pay what you're looking for and here's what we're paying and we'll get back to the the negotiating Mm. table which it sounds like during the offseason but the hope is that you can lock both of those guys down who will be pivotal parts for the defense. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'll i give credit where credit is due. I thought Ryan Poles was very transparent in his press conference today. Uh, you know, there's plenty of the, plenty that you can criticize, but the, but whenever I see something that I appreciate, I'm going to talk about it. Like I, the, I don't know how many other GMs would be you know as upfront about some of the processes that were going on there. Uh, not saying that I love everything that he does, but I will say that I I, I did I, I did uh, like that press conference talking about his process and bearing being tra- very transparent about how they interacted with Jalen Johnson. So um, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like now he probably wants to see what his market is in free agency. Then whenever people are looking for a cornerback in free agency, when they don't have to trade a draft pick for him, they can just say, okay, well we, because when you trade for someone like that, it's like same with Montez sweat. When you're, when you're trading for them, you're basically trading for the right to then overpay them. And I don't, I don't want to use the term overpay, but then, but pay them a lot of money. Uh, So, and then you're just like, okay, here's our second round pick. And what we get is a good player that we now have to pay a lot of money to. Now, a lot of teams may be thinking, okay, the asking price for Jalen Johnson is either a, you know, a late first or an early second. The bears ain't going anywhere. Let's just wait until he hits free agency. And then we'll offer him the same contract. We would have offered him after we traded for him. And maybe, maybe we pull him away from Chicago. Cause it's not like he's leaving a super bowl contender. It's not like he, he's not like you'd have to be ripped away from the Chicago bears because of the great, you know, infrastructure they have there. So, I mean, it's very possible that the other teams are just like, we'll wait until the, we'll wait until the off season, then we'll go get him. So uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we're going to stick with the defense now. So after shining against Las Vegas, the Bears defense crashed back down to earth violently against the Chargers with Justin Herbert throwing for 298 yards and three touchdowns. So I ask you this, John, was this performance against L.A. more indicative of what the Bears defense actually is? You got 55 seconds. 
Uh, yeah, probably. It looked like the Chargers were covered in Crisco with the way the Bears were missing tackles. I would love to see the yak yards the Chargers racked up, and I'm sure I could have found that had I been a more responsible and professional show host, but it seemed like there were numerous times that a two- or three-yard pass went for eight, nine, ten yards or more, and when your defensive-minded head coach says the team needs to do the basics better, I think that's a huge indictment on the head coach. This is supposed to be your bread and butter. Your ability to run a defense is why you got this job. How are you still concerned about the basics? in week eight I mean it's no secret that the wins under Eberflus have been against some pretty bad quarterbacks Trey Lance Davis Mills uh, Mac Jones Sam Howell Brian Hoyer so at no point in his tenure as Bear co- as Bears coach has he really stepped up and made life difficult for a top level quarterback uh, but when they're playing against lower level competition yeah sometimes they, they can get it done but whenever they have to face somebody of a higher level they seem to struggle when you were listing those quarterbacks off, I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize how bad that those quarterbacks are and how yeah, the Bears have yet to beat a team with a good quarterback, which under Eberflus, yeah. which is just, it's just embarrassing because, you know, as a defensive minded head coach, the one thing we're, that should be good is the defense. And it's, it hasn't been, I mean, outside of the run, the run defense, which is top three, which is just incredible considering that they were like dead last or near dead last last season. But yeah, it, it was it was bad because like like you said, when they're playing to their level of competition, you can really see that they're doing fine. It's like it's like JV playing JV. But then mm-hmm. when they have to like step up to varsity, they just get absolutely crushed. Yeah. Um, and it, it sucks because I mean that's what he was brought in for, especially because the Bears are known for their great defenses. So to have the defense be this embarrassing, it, it's just like unfathomable as a Bears fan. So and I I would listen. I'm okay with it. And I've come around on this a lot where it's just like, I don't even, if they're, you know, ranked 13th, 14th, 15th, I'm okay with that. But, you know, something has to carry you. And it's not like, I mean, the offense isn't good enough right as it stands right now to say, we're going to put up enough points that we only need the 15th ranked defense. And so uh, both sides of the ball are struggling. And that's why the Bears are where they're at. I don't think I'm, you know, I'm not breaking any news here. I don't think I'm, I don't, you don't see like this incredible, you know, thought process going on in my mind neither side of the ball is that great so this is this is what happens oh we're just same old same old right just stuck in an endless loop okay so we're going to finish with this (laughs) john after this week we will officially enter the second half of the season praise the lord um with hope essentially gone from the fan base (laughs) i want to take your temperature as a bears fan right now so this might sting but i want you to take your time no clock for this one Look, this is tough, man. The Bears have been bad for quite some time, and now it seems like fans are going in two directions. Some fans are getting apathetic, which is the worst thing in the world. They have been burned so many times, and the team is giving them nothing to look forward to, so maybe they're using their Sunday afternoon to cut the grass or rake the leaves, and they'll follow the game on their phone. Uh, Other fans are staying very engaged, but they're trying to figure out who's the most to blame. And we're seeing internet arguments all over the place about whose fault this is. Uh, As for my fan status, all I know is the team is bad and I'm ticked off. And I don't necessarily care whose fault it is. I've said it a million times. I'd rather be wrong about 
everything and be able to wear a Super Bowl t-shirt rather than correctly guessing who is screwing up the Chicago Bears. But I do bleed blue and orange. I live and die with this team every year, and I will love this team until they put me in the ground. But my aggravation is and always will be pointed at House Hall. I'm mad at the organization as a whole. What I want is for my team to start having some real accountability with real standards being set as it pertains to winning football games. If this team is inexplicably bad, someone, whether it's Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, or even George McCaskey needs to come out and say, this is unacceptable. We are talking about the Chicago Bears, a team that has been around for over 100 years. We would love it if this team would operate with serious expectations almost every year, but we know that's not the case. The perception around this team locally and nationally is so bad that it's driving people to apathy. Like I said, I don't know exactly what should be done, but somebody needs to start shaking things up. No one has ever achieved greatness by making sure everyone around them is comfortable. That'll do it for B55. After this message, we'll preview the Saints game and talk with Danny Shaman, the Barroom's lead analyst. The fall is where we rock here at the Barroom Network with over 15 shows scheduled from September to January. Make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network's YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Buffone 55. The Bears are back on the road this week when they travel to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Saints. Aldo Gandia previews a team that finds itself at 4-4 four and four and tied atop the NFC South. Saints in the red zone. It's been a struggle all year. Carr, short, Camara inside the 10, inside the 5, lunging for the touchdown. The Saints offense is marching back to New Orleans after scoring five touchdowns and a field goal against the Indianapolis Colts. Prior to that win, the Saints had lost four of five games. They were piling up yards, but scoring field goals, not touchdowns. I think just finishing the drives uh, helped everybody feel better about it. You know, I thought you know, the last few weeks we've been moving the ball well, and at times early on we moved it well in certain second halves of games and things like that. Uh, but we finished our drives with touchdowns, and we had obviously we connect on some big plays that that helps too. Uh, you know, but it just when you finish in the red zone, you know, whether you run them in, throw them in, it, it makes everybody feel better about you know. You know, when you get a lot of yards and move the ball. Their red zone scoring for a touchdown percentage moved up after the Colts game, but is still among the league's worst at 27th. That's well behind the fourth place Bears. Quarterback Derek Carr has thrown eight touchdown passes this season. That's three fewer than Justin Fields. Chris Olave is Carr's favorite wideout target, although the two have not always been on the same page. Carr to throw. Rashid Shaheed is proving to be an explosive threat, averaging over 25 yards per catch over the team's last five games. The Saints' rushing attack has been on and off, mostly off when playing at home. They've averaged 84 yards a game in their three home games this season. 
Only Taysom Hill has a run of over 20 yards. Hill is the renowned dangerous weapon who can run, pass, and catch. But make no mistake, Alvin Kamara is still this team's biggest threat. Saints touchdown! He scored multiple touchdowns Sunday for the first time this season in what was clearly his season best performance. The Saints tight ends offer nothing but a fair group of blockers and have totaled two touchdowns. Most of us remember Foster Moreau's drop pass in the end zone that would have added a victory to the Saints win total. The team's offensive line has had more than its share of injury problems, but on Sunday they played well, allowing only four total pressures on 31 dropbacks. Now on defense, the Saints average one less touchdown per game than the Bears do. Their pass rush is led by Carl Granderson and his five and a half sacks. But overall, the Saints' pass rush tends to disappear for long stretches. The defense overall tends to come out slow in the first half, especially lately. Sunday, they allowed 20 points to the Colts in the first half, the third consecutive game of giving up at least 17 in the first half. Their run defense, usually fairly stout, gave up seven yards a carry against the Colts. While the Saints are not as talented on defense like the Los Angeles Chargers are, they do possess players in the defensive backfield who could give the Bears wide receivers some trouble. Cornerbacks Alante Taylor. Watch Lattimore climb the ladder and go up top and snag this one out. Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo. These three could comprise the toughest cornerback trio Chicago has faced this season. Taylor was asked about going up against undrafted free agent Tyson Bajan. I mean, he's uh, you know he's dishing off the ball pretty quick, um, faster before, faster than uh, Fields was at the time. So, uh, you know, he's getting the ball out of his hands. Uh, he's making you know the right decisions. So, you know, he's got to make sure we're in the right place at the right time. You plan on bringing now, not tomorrow. At linebacker, veteran Demario Davis is the spiritual and tackling leader for this team. Team down there. They got, I don't care what they got planned to do tomorrow. Right now, they got to see us. Kicker Blake Group has missed four field goal attempts, hitting 81% of his kicks. Hunter Lou Headley is in his first NFL season. He's from Australia and once owned a tattoo shop in Indonesia. He's currently tied for third place in downing punts inside the 20-yard line. At the 10. Excellent coverage down. Both of the head coaches come from defensive backgrounds, and both have sounded defensive about their one-loss records. Dennis Allen has a winning percentage of 311. Matt Eberflus, 200. Both fan bases are offended by their head coaches. We'll see who comes out on top Sunday. For Buffon 55, I'm Aldo Gandia. 
Big thanks to Aldo Gandia. As far as I'm concerned, nobody better on any level of putting together a preview video. Honestly, God, it's it's such an asset to have uh, with us on this show at this network to have somebody that can put something like that together. So a big thanks to him. Uh, let's start talking about this game and some other things going around this circus we call the Chicago Bears. But first, let's bring on the Barroom's lead analyst, Danny Shimon. We welcome you to the program. Danny, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Alyssa, John, how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, never better. The Man, fun I, never I, stops. I can never get enough of Aldo breaking down special teams players. <laughs> I, I knew I, mean, I was waiting. I'm like, when is he going to talk about the kicker? And sure enough, yeah, boom, yeah. There, there, there he was. That, that punter from New Orleans looks like he just got out of prison. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, he owned a tattoo shop. Indonesia. Yeah, so I mean, he might have been in Indonesia. Break, there you go. Takes characters of everyone to make the world go around. But let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the Chicago Bears and uh, let's talk about some of the big news that came out of the trade deadline. Danny Montez, what he's a, 20, uh, a 28, uh, I think 27, maybe turning just 20, 27. 28, 27 uh, year old defensive lineman who. He was the 26th pick in the uh, 2019 draft. Uh, never had double-digit sacks. Uh, and entering this season, he's averaged about 7.25 sacks uh, per season. But you saw him close up at the Senior Bowl five years ago and now know what he has done as a pro. Uh, what are the Bears getting in this trade? And in your eyes, is it a good trade? Well, I got a lot of thoughts on this trade. And I tried to stop Twitter yesterday because I, I didn't want to just put everything out. I want to save everything here for for come down to your basement, John, and just let everything <laughs> everything out here. So got Great. a lot of notes here. So first of all, I'll start with the positive, right? Montez Sweat, good player, good football player, a guy that plays uh, the, the run as well as he pays as, as a pass rusher. Uh, I've been harping on the Bears defensive ends not being sound versus the run, not setting a hard edge. Well, that's going to change with Montez Sweat. This guy is 6'6", 275 plus pounds chiseled frame uh he plays the run he's stout at the at the point of attack uh and, and he's a guy to get after the quarterback now he gets up to the quarterback differently he doesn't have the the first step quickness off the line of scrimmage he doesn't have the the quick twitch fibers like the premier pass rushers like the michael parsons the the von millers you know so on and so forth he wins with with size speed up power and leverage he has strong hands Long arms, about almost 36-inch arm length. So what he does is he grabs the offensive lineman, presses them, and then he just yanks them out of the way, gets that outside leverage, and then he has pretty good uh, closing burst to the quarterbacks. And, and he plays with good physicality. You know, he's I think he already has two forced fumbles this, this year. Uh, he's a guy that, that brings, you know, the hammer when he hits the quarterback. So those are those are probably – he's a good player. And for those who are worried about the second-round pick from last year with the Claypool thing, this is, not, this is not Claypool. This kid can play. He's a good player. Now – the negatives, he's not a premier pass rusher. He's a good pass rusher. He's not a premier one, right? So he's a guy that, like you, like you mentioned, John, doesn't have, has never had a double digit, uh, double digit sack numbers in his career. Can't, and that's playing with four, three other guys that are first round picks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he, he's not, he hasn't had double teams. He hasn't had the extra attention with chips from running backs and tight ends. So now he's the premier guy. He is the best defense lineman on this team currently. So he's going to see extra attention now. So, so those pressure numbers and those stack numbers, you know, they might come down. So just, you know, the, for the fans out there, I'm just letting you know, like, don't jump all over this guy because he's not getting the pressure and a sack numbers. Remember, he's a guy that, that is a good player. He's not a premier pass rusher. You still need, in my opinion, a premier pass rusher opposite of him to, to kind of formulate the, this defensive line. Now, the negative for this trade for me, guys, and I'm curious what you guys think about is, is the symbolism, right? The, George McCaskey and the Bears and, and Kevin Warren allowed Ryan Poles to go and trade a high asset, a second-round pick for a player. You know That tells me what? That symbolizes that Ryan Poles is back next year. 
Okay. And Ryan Poles went and got a player that fits perfectly in the Matt Eberflus system. So that tells me what? That symbolizes that Matt Eberflus has come back. And that pisses me off about this trade because I don't want either one of those guys back in their current positions. So that's what really pissed me off. It wasn't the fact that they gave a second round pick because I think, like I said, Sweat's a good player. He's going to improve that defensive line. Not a premier, you know, pass rusher, but a good pass rusher. But this means, at least from the way I'm reading it, I'm curious what you guys think. This means Poles and Eberflus are back next year because that I'm pissed off about that. Well, let me ask you this, Yanni, because this would make my this would make my opinion a little more clear, or at least my my vision on this a little more clear. Uh, would uh, Sweat be able to go in multiple schemes? Because I've heard that he could play in a three four and a four three. He he could he could go in both schemes if if uh, if necessary. He could play a three four, but his best position is a hand in the ground defensive defensive end. He's he's tailor made for a four three front, and I don't want them to if they make a coaching change to say, all right, you got to go get. Uh, a defensive coach that plays a four three because we made this big investment. So sure. you know he can play on, on top. You know he can stand up on his legs and, and and play outside linebacker position. But his he's best suited, I would say, as a hand in the ground defensive end. I, for me, I don't know if like I know that we we try to we try to like dissect every little thing as is an indication is someone coming back is someone getting fired. I someone I saw someone tweet today that the Montez Sweat deal cemented that Justin Fields will be the quarterback next year, and I was trying to figure out how that actually how that lined up there. And but you know if you 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 can you can try to you know peel back the layers on some of these things. And I for me, it's just they needed a pass rusher. Montez Sweat, like Paul said, and I'm trying not to, you know, believe everything that I'm hearing, but because I, I've been burned too many times when I do that. Uh, but is is like he they I didn't think Montez Sweat was going to be available. He is available. They 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 uh, they trade the second round pick and they bring in a big upgrade to the line right now. Uh, and you know, you're, if you you have a rookie, uh, it would take some time to get accustomed to the system, and maybe they don't think they have a lot of time, and so they 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 bring in this guy, they inject him into the system, and they see uh, what they got. So um, we'll see. I, I w- listen. There's still what nine games left. I don't know. I don't know if any decisions have been made. Uh, honestly, I don't know if any decisions have been made right now. Uh, so uh, I, I'm not. I'm trying not to buy too much into this about what it means for the coach. Uh, but it's it's. Uh, I don't. We got to let the rest of the season play out. Alyssa, you might feel differently. Yeah, no, I'm with you too. I think it was more about going out and getting an edge rusher, which is something they desperately needed. But I don't know. Danny has me like worrying, worried <laughs> now. Because <laughs> like I thought maybe it was an indication that maybe polls are safe. I mean, I mean, Ryan Pay's got seven years. So I mean, like, this is year two. So that wouldn't surprise me, but with Matt Eberflus and everything that happened, but like I saw, like I think Leo mentioned in the comment there, um, that you know, listening to Pulse's press conference, he did sound very attached to Eberflus and just it's worrisome. I know we still have nine games to go. There's a lot more room for this Bears team to spiral out of control. You hope that Ryan Poles isn't afraid to to fire someone or to fire a head coach, especially when if his own job is on the line, maybe that would kind of spur him into action. But I don't know. It felt like they needed a pass rusher, but again. If you're entrusting polls to go ahead and use a draft pick, a premium draft pick like that, then maybe he's back. I'm hoping that my Eberflus isn't there. Come on, I can't do this again. <laughs> can't do this, guys. The way Paul talked today, Alyssa, the way he talked today, he he, he was throwing bouquets at Matt Eberflus, talking yeah. about of all days, he comes out and says, Matt hires the right people. I'm like, are you serious? He hires the right people? Your second coach has been fired by HR. Heck, but, but you know, at, at this point now, HR, 
you guys are, are, are I'm, I'm rooting for HR to eliminate the entire coaching staff right now. Just continue to go all the files. And maybe HR will, will get rid of all the entire coaching staff for us. Who knows? We'll be clear that one coach did resign and one coach was fired just to, just to but, but, but I, but of course, uh, uh, before, before we move on, uh, just want to say hi to Heidi, who's in the chat room. I know that she's been dealing with a lot of the, the, the things that are going down in Mexico. So I'm so glad that she was able to join the chat room. Hope everything, hope things, everything is going better than, uh, than it has been. And we're all with you. Barroom loves you. We're glad to see you in the, uh, in, in the chat room. Uh, Danny, I do want to go to one of the questions that was brought up in the chat room. Uh, we'll start, we'll just start with Ralph since we were talking about, uh, we were talking about Ryan Poles and it says, Danny, what is your issue with Poles? Although I think you have made it pretty clear throughout the last eight, nine weeks. Uh, but what, what is your main issue? I guess with Ryan Ralph, my, my main issue comes on. I don't trust the guy. I think, I think he's a guy that was, uh, has been hired for a position that it's over his head. I think I, I, I just saw today whenever he's on the front of the meeting, he's always nervous. He's, he just talks some, some stuff that doesn't make sense in terms of, you know, he, again, throwing uh, you know, bouquets at Matt Eberflus in terms of what he does and, and, and in terms of how he prepares the team guys week one this team wasn't prepared i think we all agree week three okay there are class of the chiefs i mean against the vikings i don't think they're prepared to play I, I, last week we sure held no they weren't prepared to play so you know to going from this you know coaching staff hire to some of the free agents signings that have been non-impactive i just don't think he's done anything that that's gone ahead and, and made a, a, a big impact to getting this bears team back on, on top and and this is a key huge off season. I, I can't stress how big of an off season this is. And to trust a guy that might be in over his head. If he, if he falls on his head in terms of this off season and just totally blows it. Uh, I mean, you're sending this franchise back five, seven years. So we're starting all over again. So that terrifies me. And, and that's why I just don't feel like Ryan Poles is the guy that I want heading this, 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 you know, rebuild, especially with this off season already, already he's, he's traded away a second round pick again, Montez sweat, good player. But that second round pick is already gone. So, you know, I, I, Johnny mentioned earlier, some people were talking about maybe this means, you know, Justin Fields stays. The only way that, that I can see that happening is, is if they go ahead and, and say they have a top two pick and a team wants to go up and get one of those quarterbacks. Now he can recoup that second round pick and more, and more. by trading back down. Maybe that's where their the theory is, you know, in terms of them, you know, Justin Fields staying. But again, he had a chance today to kind of give a little bit of a, a nod, a little, you know, a little, you know, positive reinforcement, Justin Fields. And he totally bypassed that opportunity at the end. So I just don't trust Ryan Poles. I, I think Matt Uberflus is in over his side. I think he's a good defensive coordinator, just not a good head coach. Yeah, and I mean, that, that is a good point because they're going to have two high draft picks. So even if they do have a top three pick and let's just say they want to use it for a quarterback and then they have they pick again at like five or six they could move back to you know eight nine ten eleven and potentially get a, a second round pick or something more if they're right. depending on how far they back so i i get that where it's like okay we're going to burn this second round pick because we might have the flexibility to get that second round pick back when we move back plus more so i mean that kind of makes sense but i mean once again i'm trying to trying to understand like what organization we're talking about here. Uh, so uh, I, I do also want to go to another question because uh, I, I was quite curious about this when they were, we were talking about it in B55. It says, is sweat better than uh, a second round pick would be? And I also would like to know a little bit about the the draft class with the edge rushers. It, it, it doesn't sound like if they had two top five, top six, top seven picks that there would have been an edge rusher necessarily worth taking that high, but it's still early in the season. Yeah, it's still early. It's only November 1st. I mean, a lot of things can change from now until the, you know, to the, the draft. There's obviously, you know, the, the regular, the end of the season, the, the, the postseason, and then there's the whole, the pre-draft process, the, you know, the, the you know, the senior bowl and the, the combine and all the other stuff. But yeah, I mean, right now, 
it, it, I don't see a, an edge rusher in the top 10 of this draft. I mean, my top, you know, I got two guys right now that I see could go in the, in the first round. That's Jared Verst. I got from uh, Florida State. I, got, I had last year, actually, tail end of the first round, early second round. Surprised he came back. He's a transfer from Albany. He went to uh, Florida State last year, had a pretty good year, came back. You know, he's a guy that's it's big, strong at, at the point of attack, has some of that uh, bend ability you like to see at, off the edge. Only has six and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks so far through eight games. So he hasn't had a great season so far at, at, at Florida State. And the other guy that's really taken off for me is, is Latu from UCLA. Uh, this is a guy at 6'4", 265. But the thing about him the scouts are not sure about is, is, is he a hand-in-the-ground defensive end? Is he a stand-up, you know, off, off the two-point stance, outside linebacker? He's got that, that tweener ability, you know, in, or in terms of his size. Another guy transferred from Washington and went to UCLA. Had a great year last year, 12 and a half uh, tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. This year already has 13 uh, tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, two forced fumbles uh, through eight games. And this guy is a physical presence. He's got a high, high impact motor, uh, uh, you know, a guy that would be another physical edge rusher off, off the edge. So those are my two guys that I can see. Again, his his thing with, with uh, Latu from UCLA is his size. You know, the, some teams are questioning whether he's a, you know, uh, standing on the lake outside linebacker or is he uh, hanging on the ground defensive end. And the arm length, there's there's t questions about is he sub 33 inch arm length, you know, all that stuff, all that gets answered, you know, during the post post, uh, you know, or pre-draft uh, process, I should say. So those are my two guys right now in, in terms of impact guys, edge rushers, possibly going in the first one, but not top five, not top 10 guys. So and then, and then you have a bunch of guys, you know, sprinkled around, you know, you have Dallas Turner from Alabama. Another guy is athletic guy, productive. I think he's got seven sacks already. But again, 240, 245. You got a bunch of these tweeners now that these guys are in a, two, in a sub sub 250 range in terms of weight. And now you just got to kind of project them in terms of all right, how do we use them in this system? You know, is he a hand in the ground? Is he is he a, a multifaceted edge rusher? Is he a guy we can kind of run around all over the place? So there's a bunch of those guys out there, but nothing that says cements that say hey, this guy is a is a stud. You know, a dude right now. Other than uh, again, Jared Verse for me and and Latu from UCLA early on now you know if you ask danny shimna draft question you're going to get in a complete breakdown with stats and how, what their projection Love is it. and what they are like that like don't ask that question unless you want the full answer because <laughs> you're gonna get it and i and i love it because i just learned more in 30 seconds and i knew all about half these college football players beforehand uh one more question for you danny before we move on and we're gonna stick with the ryan polls uh theme uh from pz uh could polls do anything to change your mind at this point danny <sighs> <laughs> Can you do anything change my mind at this point? Um, I, I mean, okay. So, so I, I think I, I think I was talking to Aldo. Or I might have been talking to you, John, at, at the function we had a couple of weeks ago. And I, I said, I said, of the two, polls or Eberflus, you say pick one. It's got to go. It's Eberflus. You could talk me into keeping Ryan Poles, right? Because listen, you mentioned it's only been you know two seasons so far. He's going to go into the third off season. Um, so yeah. So if to answer your question, PZ, if if he goes and he fires Eberflus, hires. A, a good coaching staff, right? Does write about, you know, in, in terms of what I want to do in terms of, you know, provide Justin Fields with a coach that, that, that builds the, the team around him. Doesn't give up on Justin Fields. Now he can bring in competition. You can go and get another quarterback and have him compete with Justin Fields. I'm not opposed to that. Right. Uh, but, you know, just kind of but, but build, bring in a coaching staff that, that takes the talent you have right now and just you know builds the system or schemes around those players offensively and defensively right and then just you know and now continue to add talent and and be smart with those picks you know don't don't make you know dumb trades or don't just give away you know uh players or, or picks or something like that you know for example jalen johnson i think we're going to talk about him later on but for me i have a bad feeling about jalen johnson and i think you're going to be giving away a player there 
Well, let, let's talk about uh, the player that they just acquired, and that's Montez Sweat, who currently does not have a contract, but Ryan Poles assures us in his press conference that they are working on a contract for Montez Sweat. Alyssa, uh, do you have any information or a lowdown on what a player like Sweat would demand as a contract extension and might, uh, and how it might play into the Bears' 2024 cap situation? Yeah, like you said, John, the good news is uh, that the Bears are working on an extension for Sweat, which that was the big concern with this trade. When you go and you look at various grades um, around different media outlets, it was like, at one, it was like A to Z, depending on what happens, right? If you can sign them to a long-term deal, then that grade's obviously going to be higher. Um, and Chicago's also in a great position with the salary cap looking ahead to 2024, where they're projected to have $110 million uh, per over the cap, and that's the most in the NFL. So lots of money for polls or whoever the GM is going to be to work with. Um, as far as sweat, what Sweat might demand, you know, looking at Spotrack, you know, they projected him to have a four-year deal worth $110 million, which would equate to $25.5 million per year. I think the Bears are definitely looking probably at north of $20 million at this point, and considering that they shelled out a premium draft pick for Sweat, I mean, him and his agent hold all of the leverage and negotiations right now. So that coupled with, you know, the projected salary cap, I think the team is definitely sitting comfortably uh, with this move and ultimately locking him down to an extension, which hopefully happens sooner than later. Oh, so now that uh, we we know that I didn't really ask you straight up, Alyssa, do you like the trade? Do you think it's a good do you think it's a good trade for the Bears? I think so. I mean, obviously, it's a big move giving away premium draft capital, right? For when you're a two and sixteen, that's not going anywhere. Um, there has been a lot of disagreement, but I do look at it as being a good move because you look at it like this, you know. Chicago improved uh, their league worst pass rush with a proven player in sweat. And like Danny said before, I mean, he's immediately your best defensive lineman at this point. So, I mean, you know, when polls was talking about like the move and why he made it, he was talking about getting ahead of the off season, which is something that he did last year when he went out and got Claypool. obviously didn't work out that well, but that was the kind of move that he was making to get ahead of free agency and the NFL draft where, you know, it's not, at least in free agency, you know, looking at that class, it's not really going to be a premium guy there. So, I mean, seeing that he made that kind of move, looking to the future, it makes me think that he's going to be here next year. Um, but yeah, and, and again, you have those exclusive rights, right, to to sweat and not having to battle other teams or, you know, because it, it's probably going to be a little bit difficult to, unless you pay a lot of money to, to convince some free agents to come to Chicago, especially if Matt Eberflus is still here, which let's hope that that is not the case. And, I mean, I know like the concern when you look at it, this is the second year in a row uh, that Poles has used a second round pick uh, on a player. And I mean, of course, we're worried about the whole Chase Claypool thing, but I definitely think that just because it didn't work out with Claypool doesn't mean it's not going to work out with Sweat. So, I mean, ultimately, I think I'm a fan of the move because they they needed they needed a pass rusher desperately. Yeah, and just just gonna, uh, real quick, if I can stress, this is not similar to the Claypool thing. Claypool was no. was benched in, in Pittsburgh. Claypool was third receiver, sometimes even fourth receiver. He was he was going to get traded. It was just the fact that the league was astonished that Ryan Poles gave up a second round pick for for Claypool. That's that's what that's what happened, and that's one of the reasons why. I'm so scared of Ryan Poles with Sweat. Sweat was a guy that Washington wanted to keep. You know, I mean, Chase Young was a guy they wanted to trade. But from my, my understanding is they both are represented by the same agency. And the agency said, we're not going to sign one guy and not sign the other guy. So either you sign both 
but we're both going to free agency. And I think that's when then Washington said, you know what, we might just, you know, bite the bullet and get our get our draft capital here. And I think Atlanta was also a team rumored to be an on sweat. Mm-hmm. He's from Georgia. He mentioned that today in his press conference. So, you know, there are teams that are interested. So this is a totally different com- you know conversation here. You know, I, I'm I'm not worried about the player. I was freaking out about that second round pick for for Claypool. I, I think you know at, at least with the worst case scenario here, you got yourself a solid solid defensive lineman here with this trade. Uh, we we briefly discussed Jalen Johnson, but I, I want to go back to you, Alyssa. I mean, we we heard from Ryan Poles today about the process and you know why they couldn't maybe get something done and the communication and the disappointment of it. Uh, and then like that leads you know that leads everyone to prognosticate like oh he was asking for this much or no he does he doesn't want to play here or the bears were lowballing him and I, I mean i don't know for certain i'm not sure anyone does other than the two parties who were negotiating and emailing back and forth but uh what do you think uh i mean is this going to come down to a compensation thing is he going to price himself over to a, a different team what are your thoughts on that yeah this is definitely an interesting situation i'm really hoping that that danny is wrong by the way um but you know (laughs) listening to like johnson when he met with the media today and i mean first off i just want to say that i'm just i'm continued to i'm impressed by how he's handling this whole thing because Mm -hmm. as we saw last year with the roquan smith situation and how it just spiraled and bridges were burned and it was just he had to go it just Mm -hmm. unfortunately but like you know listening to johnson up there he was backing up some of the previous reports that were out there including that he's halting contract talks at least until the end of the season now mm-hmm. but the important thing is he did reiterate he wants to stay in Chicago which I think is important right because no bridges have been burned he was talking about how he understands that it's a business and what Ryan Poles has to do um, but he did say they could revisit things in the offseason and right now he just wants to to focus on his individual accomplishments and all that stuff um, but it was interesting there was this report that came out from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler where uh, it was talking about the Bears offer being, quote, pretty low, which I'm assuming that's part of the reason why Johnson wanted to explore other options. And I think that we can agree that if he does hit free agency, that he's going to be a top cornerback on the market. You know, and in recent history, we've seen that garner about 50, 15 million per season. So it's going to be interesting to, to see what the Bears offered versus what Johnson wanted, mm-hmm. as he as he essentially said he wasn't looking to set the market for cornerbacks. He just wants to to be paid for what he what he's worth. So I don't know. Polls listening to him, he said that he wants Johnson uh, back in Chicago, and it's a matter of getting it done. And there was one thing that was very interesting, kind of about like the the two sides kind of like finding common ground was you know when Johnson and his agent were looking elsewhere that there was like this wide gap between what the bears were offering and what other teams were offering. So, and polls kind of denied that and saying, you know, they're still in the early, you know, terms of negotiations and that can always change and stuff. But I th- I found it interesting, but I mean, that's definitely going to be, I think a, a major storyline to follow. It's also interesting too, if like they sign, if they don't sign Montez sweat to a long-term extension anytime soon, you have to use the franchise tag on him. Right. So if you were able to get him um, signed to that extension, you can perhaps, if you're still negotiating with Johnson, use that franchise tag to buy yourself a little bit more time. But uh, I, I'm hoping that, unlike what Danny said, that they can find a way to get this done because I think that Jalen Johnson is an important part of this defense. And at some point, Ryan Poles has to, to, to keep the guys, uh, the young, promising players on the roster. We saw him do that with Cole Komet. Now let's, let's look to the defensive side of the ball, too. Yeah, and the profession, the professionalism from Jalen Johnson has not gone unnoticed. I wish I would have brought that up sooner because that that that's a real thing that that, that I I think a lot of people respect. I think uh, and I think. <laughs> 
maybe I'm not saying that's intentional, but I mean, a lot of other teams are going to see that too. They're like, Hey, this guy's handling this situation very well. That's a guy that we would like to have on our team, a consummate professional. Go ahead, One key thing I want to add to that, if I, if I may, John and Lisa is, is reading that room with Jalen Johnson. He said that I was a question post him. I forgot how it was worded. You know, basically if, if Montez sweat gets his contract before Johnson gets his contract, seeing he just got to the team, how would he feel? And he said he wouldn't like that. And, and reading Ryan polls, he said that that they're close on Montez Sweat. So basically, he wouldn't have done this trade if they didn't have the parameters kind of set. They just kind of waited for everything, the physicals, all that thing to be done. So I, I would expect within a week we'd hear Montez Sweat sign this contract. That's why I think that cements Jalen Johnson's, you know, anger. And, and I think that's where what's going to happen is they're going to eventually going to they're going to franchise him and not let him go for free. And then they're going to try and negotiate a trade from there because I, I don't think Jalen Johnson's coming back next year. Well, Danny, let me ask you about Jalen Johnson, because there's a lot of people that aren't just, you know, they're not just debating on whose side they're on, the Bears or Jalen Johnson. They're also debating on what he's worth as far as his production and his play. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you, because you're way better at evaluating talent than I am. So what is what is what have, have we seen the best of Jalen Johnson or can he actually keep ascending and become uh, a guy that actually would be worth more than what he could what he would potentially sign for? No, I, I think he can get better, John. I think he can get better. I mean, I mean, we haven't seen a full season yet. Yet, of, of a healthy Jalen Johnson yet, right? And he hasn't had a pass rush in front of him to really get in, you know, provide pressure on the quarterbacks to, to get him the opportunities to make to make those plays. We saw the, the game against Raiders. You know, the big knock on him was, was his hand suck. Well, you know, his hand looks pretty good when he, when he was in center two passes versus the Raiders. So it was Brian Horry, so we should kind of look that in there as well. So, Still but uh, anyway, uh, moment of silence for jo- uh, Josh McDaniel, by the way, guys. Oh, so yeah. He, um, <laughs> the, he, he's the first coach to get fired is from midnight. The because it was, uh, it was on midnight, it was like how? it was like a true. Well, because he, how did he well, get fired before he flew? My goodness. Because he lost to the Bears. <sighs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's rock I think, bottom. I think if okay. he stays healthy, and I think he, if he continues to 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 make plays on the football and get those interceptions, I think he's going to get better and better. And I think with him again, he's, he even said he goes, "I'm not expecting to get a Trayvon Dix type of contract." You know, I, I think I, I just want to be, you know paid fairly and, and the way ryan poles kind of talked about it today it sounded like he was going and negotiating for a used car i'll give you an offer you give me an offer you give me an off there's no final offer i'll just give you back an offer and then they just said you know what because they know what they're coming everyone knows agent wise they know where their player ranks right yeah. if he's not trayvon dex he's, he's right in that top five top six area so there's a number there you don't come in way below the number and try and work your way up you know this these are these are human beings he's not used cars here that you're trying to purchase here so i think that what affected Jalen Johnson and his camp. And I think that's where the trade demand came in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's going to be, you know, as Bears fans, I think we're probably programmed to think the worst is going to happen. Like these, they're going to lose Jalen Johnson and they're not going to get anything back for him, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see. Think, uh, go ahead. And if you think about it, he's already, uh, Paul's already set up, you know, to move on from Jalen Johnson. He got, you know, he's got Tyreek Stevenson. He's got Terrell Smith. He's got Kyler Gordon. You know, Jalen Jones is, is a young uh, corner that when he's played, he's done, you know, pretty well. You know, there's a whole offseason left. You can go get another sign on one if you want, a veteran. You can go draft another one if you want, if you lose Jalen Johnson. So I think that's that, you know, he's already set himself up to, if he loses Jalen Johnson, he feels confident enough. And again, if, if you increase that pass rush up front, your need premier cornerback talent back there you can get guys that can cover for you know you know a little bit lesser than than jalen johnson and just still be be effective so i think i think polls have set the ground up where they're going to sign sweat they're going to they're going to tag johnson and eventually they're not going to come to agreement and then they're going to trade jalen johnson off the franchise tag. 
All right, let's pivot to the offensive side of the ball. Let's talk about your boy, Tyson Bajant. Uh, Danny, he had two deep throws that should have gone for touchdowns. The first, uh, I think we actually have a, we might have a video of this. It's, it was the one that was completed to Darnell Mooney, but the officials, um, they they wrongly ruled him down. Uh, and they, as you hear, if you're if you're watching the podcast, you see that right there where he catches the ball and no one touches him and he keeps running. And the one referee's not sure he's still running along with the play. And then the whistle blows and they call it dead. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you're probably wondering, wow, this is great radio. Uh, but anyway, you're watching this. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube version, yeah, you can see that. And then we go to the the, the Bayless Jones um, non catch where. The turf monster come up, comes up and gets him. He falls down into the end zone. Ball then kind of hits him in the chest there. And Alyssa <laughs> <laughs> can't uh, believe she's I'm covering my it. eyes. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> so. And that was a nationally televised audience. That, that, that oh, I know. Done. Trust me. The amount of texts that I got about that were, like, incredible. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Third really? round pick, guys. Third round no. pick, Bill. Getting back to your last comment about see Ryan Danny Poles. just has plenty of receipts for the for the anti Ryan Poles trade. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, Danny, do these do these two throws at least tell you anything about uh, let's let's go with Bajan's arm strength and uh, shouldn't the Bears maybe try or should they have tried to get a little more vertical against the Chargers because they were they were ranked pretty bad against uh, passing yards allowed. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it tells you much about Bajan's arm strength. I mean, I mean that first one to Mooney would look like it was it was a good throw. Uh, the the one to uh, to uh, Bayless, it looked like a little, little wobbler. It didn't come out clean out of his hand. So, you know, but I did want him to see just kind of stretch the defense and challenge the defense vertically more. You know, let let's see what the kick can do. Let it rip, and what do you got to lose, right? So that's the thing. Is is uh, you know, I think the ball was underthrown a little bit to Bayless, but still, Bayless hit him in his numbers. He should have still caught that ball. But uh, yeah, so like I, I want to see more. But the biggest indicator. Or you know, like the the, um, the thought, pro- the, the negative thought that I put in my head was was why did you pull him for the halftime throw against against uh, was against Minnesota where 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 you put in you put in Nate Peterman? Why no, would you do that? It was against the Raiders. I guess, I'm sorry, against the Raiders. You're right. So why would you do that? That tells me that they don't think he's got the arm strength, right? And I love Bajan's comeback in the post game. So I got a cannon, all right. So let, I want to see it. I want to see him go ahead and uh, let him rip. Let him throw the ball down a football field. Let's see what he can do. You know, let's let's see Tyler Scott's speed. Let's see more shots down the field to Mooney. You know, that's what I want to see. So there, I don't know in terms of Tyson, I don't think he's got the biggest, I don't think he's got a cannon like, like he proclaims, but I, I think he's got an average above average arm strength. And, you know, he made some nice throws in that game against the Chargers, especially that first half. There was one that he kind of like threw right over that, the second level linebacker into, oh, yeah, into, yeah. Uh, into uh, DJ Moore. That was a nice throw. You know, the one where he's rolling to it, to his right, I'm sorry, to his left. It was a nice, uh, uh, um, laser throw to, to the sideline to uh, uh, I believe it was Komet or Tunyon two yards short of the first down but I mean those are hard throws so you know the guy can can make throws and there's one it was he was on the um, boundary side hash mark threw it to the opposite end uh, sideline to the field sideline on, on a rope to I believe it was DJ Moore there as well so you know he's he's made some NFL type throws I want to see him air it out. Let's see what he can do. Again, you you have two wins. You're not going anywhere. Let's see what the kid can do, right? So that's what things that yeah. I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing. And I don't think this kid lacks any confidence. I think this kid can go out there and throw inter, three interceptions and still come back and still air it out the next series. So I, I want to see him them, you know, allow him to go ahead and just air the ball out and see what he can do. Well, they, the coaches have something to lose, Danny, their jobs. And it, well, it, they're they're in CYA mode where it's and, just like if, if this guy throws a, five interceptions, I could be out of here. And if I, mean, I know this is your show, John, and, and I'm, this is your basement. But I, I, I just want to comment real quick on that 55 uh, co- uh, topic you had with uh, with what the broadcast said. 
Yeah. That to me, I said a couple weeks ago, it's CYA time up at Hallis Hall. Mm -hmm. That is all stuff that comes up from this coaching staff. Collinsworth doesn't come up with that stuff out of his, his rear end. That's all stuff that's planted in, in his head by the coaching staff. They're all trying to cover. So if Bajan goes out there and has success, hey, guys, it wasn't us. It wasn't our system. It wasn't our offense. It was the guy pulling the trigger, and they're setting up the, the scapegoat for, for Justin Fields. That's my, my opinion on what happened there with, with that commentary. Burn it to the ground. It's, it's like a spy movie, Danny. The Chicago Bears. They're, are they? Are they? Are I've they... been living for these these people, this organization, for forty some years, John. I know these people already. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> you never. There's so much conniving, backroom things going on with this here. But uh, let, let's finish. Let's finish on something that. Well, I almost said fun, but it's not. Uh, the, oh, Bears, the Bears have not won two straight games since weeks sixteen and seventeen of the twenty. 21 season uh let's me? let's look at the schedule uh and uh, Alyssa, i'm gonna start with you uh let's let's get the schedule up here but oh yeah where's that schedule lovely yeah, schedule graphic i love the graphics so that's why that's why i'm gonna be patiently waiting for it but as we as we wait as i'm just vamping here there we go do you see the possibility <laughs> of chicago winning two straight with the rest of <laughs> these so, um if they if they beat the Saints, Maybe. then I think I could think they could beat the Panthers and win two two straight. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, the the first one that just kind of popped out was uh, Cardinals and Falcons. Yeah. Or maybe Falcons and Packers, because my God, the Packers are bad. Well, I look I looked at the next you know the next one they play. Uh, they're on the road Monday night against the Vikings, but the Vikings we don't Oof. know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. But if they beat the Vikings and then, then, they, 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 then they win the. Can they win the, the bye week and then there we go? They, 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 they do they win the bye week? Can they? They wouldn't technically Probably. lose. Not this team. So, <laughs> they would find a way to lose it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I think my best guess would be the Cardinals and and the Falcons. Those are the two that stand up. But then again, Kyler Murray might be back. He will be back. Yeah, he got activated will, off the top list. Yeah, They're he's going to be back. Be back. Uh, so maybe Falcons Packers. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not feeling I, confident, John. Not at all. I don't, I don't know why. I, I'm just drawn to like. I think the maybe maybe Saints Panthers would be the the Ooh. only one. But uh, because I think that they can and will beat the Panthers. I mean, they're. they're I'm not saying this is a slam dunk, Danny. I'm just. Are you, going, I, to Orleans, are you going to New Orleans? I will not be in New Orleans. Okay, no. then they're not being the Saints. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying like, if they could pull this out somehow. I mean, they're on the road, which is New Orleans is a very difficult place to play, uh, and they're they're you know they're vying for uh, the top spot in that division. I just don't know. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, maybe Alyssa, you're, uh, maybe it's maybe it is Falcons Packers at the end because maybe the pack the Packers were trading players off. They they've kind of called it quits on this season as well. Which any other season, if the Bears were even remotely good, would be awesome. That the Packers are kind of waving the white flag halfway through the season, but the Bears are in the same freaking uh, ship as they are. So, uh, Danny, do you see two wins in a row here? No, I, I, I won't. Point no. Out. I'm, I'm <laughs> questioning whether they can even beat Carolina on Thursday. Like, night. They, they need to. That's they need true. that pick to be better. They need yeah. to beat Carolina. Keep that. Keep that pick nice and yeah. low. I don't. It, I mean, you know, the, the Arizona game and, and Atlanta. I mean, yeah, because that could be a, you know, a, 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 you know, end of the year kind of thing. But you know, Kyler Murray's due to come back, mm -hmm. and Arizona plays hard for for the, we know you know for their coaching staff. So that, that that's one thing. Now it is Christmas Eve, so that that's plays in in their favor. And obviously the um, 
Atlanta game is is also New Year's Eve, so two home you know, games. Maybe, maybe some some partying going on here in Chicago. For John's going to be oh, there, both of them. Yeah. You know, well, that's the uh, thing. It's like, I was my next question was John, which of these two games <laughs> are they going to go back to back, and that's when I'm going to pick. I I mean, if Ryan Poles is going to keep talking about his you know his negotiations with his players, he needs to be calling me for negotiations to get me tickets <laughs> to all these games because it gets <laughs> yes. a little pricey after a while. So I mean, I I know that I I mean I would love to know. There's probably no way of doing this. How many Bears fans are actually Two and zero when attending games this year because they, they they haven't won many games and I don't know how many Bears I don't know how many games the Bears fans actually went to the Washington game and went to the Raiders game. So I think I, I think like, it's that's you. I think you're the last of the Mohicans, man. I, was, yeah. I, I feel like I'm in very rarefied air that I went to two games this year and both games they won. So uh, it's I feel very lucky in a way, but also it's very sad that you know that the only you know <laughs> those two games were you know pretty rare. On on the schedule, but uh, there is something to say about weeks 16 and 17, both being uh, there, obviously Christmas Eve and then new year's Eve, both of those in Chicago, both of those warm weathered teams are coming into Chicago and, mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in cold weather. So I, you know what I, Alyssa, you, you, you've changed my mind. I'm going week 16 and 17 uh, Cardinals and Falcons are their best bet to win two in a row. And I hate that we even have to have this segment because we're trying to look through a schedule and say, where could they possibly win two games in a row? Because it just has not happened. So it's something uh, about the schedule, the colors and the the lights that make us get all positive. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Especially at the beginning of the year, huh? The, yeah. It's like, uh, this looks, Oh, Oh yeah. yeah we, can beat that team. <laughs> oh, yeah. we need the yeah. spaceships back. You know what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the indicated like primetime games. We thought they were spaceships and they were spotlights. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that there was, will only the be like two or three on, of those next year. <laughs> guys, remember, I'm the fool that picked on beat the Chargers last week. That's that true. Is, Danny, we were all fools. If they luckily the luckily the tape got burned on the, you know the week before the season started, but uh, I'm pretty sure I look like an idiot because of everything that I was saying. I, I think I had them going one, two, three, four. I think I had them five and one at at one point. Oh my so, god! And then they, they I had I them like, that time. I had them hitting the skids late in the season, but like I I had them off to a hot start, and boy. Uh, just like everything else uh, that I've ever done on this show, I was 100% wrong. But that's that's part that's part <laughs> of my charm. I'm literally wrong about everything. So, uh, so I, I mean, yeah, week 16 and 17. I, I, Danny, is that your best? Is that your yeah, best? Yeah, I mean, that, those are the two. You know, I, and all the Packers, though. I mean, you know, you, you hear the latest that Jordan Love is now putting put on notice. You know, he might not be the future of that, of that <laughs> franchise. So who knows how they're going to look like week, week eighteen? So, so maybe you so beat, you're, you're saying three in a row, then, huh? No, no maybe you. Oh maybe you lose to, uh, Cardinals, you you beat Danny playoffs. Wow. Bold statement. So we gotta get John. <laughs> I made a mistake once. I'm not making it again. Wow, there you have it. Danny Shimon. They're ending on a 3-0. They're winning three straight and they're getting the seventh wild card. Nope, nope. Super Bowl, I, Danny. Wow. That's they're gonna lose to Aldo. No, take that down. They're gonna beat Atlanta and Green Bay. <laughs> All right, that's that's fair. I can I can handle that. So John, Ruin get prepared to spend the yes, new year the in draft Chicago draft. and Green Bay. I I well, we're Chicago sounds great, but <laughs> I don't know if I want to yeah, go take to one Bay. for the team, John. Look, I don't want to go to Green Bay in January. That's I heard the women are hot up there, John. Oh, the, the weather is cold, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm in Pennsylvania, it's not like it's much better over here. But <laughs> weather is cold, but the women are hot. That's all I heard. Good. Did you see that on my t shirt, Danny? Is <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, that's we're off the rails, much like like we always are. But before we wrap this, the bear uh, Alyssa, off the rails already. You know, the bear season's been off the rails. Hey. But Aly- Alyssa, tell us what's going on over at Bears Wire and uh, what you're working on the fifteen thousand stuff, the articles that'll be out this week. Yeah, uh, but lots of trade deadline stuff today. I just for the last two days, I forgot that there was football. I just I felt like we were like full in free agency NFL draft mode. It was just so busy. So we got plenty of trade coverage with Montez Sweat and the Jalen Johnson news pregame, uh, getting you ready for there is a football game on Sunday, folks, against the Saints. So we have plenty of pregame coverage. We have in our game picks out there. This segment has inspired me to do a post um, projecting the rest of the Bears schedule, which I think you can probably Oof. guess how that's going to go. Oof. That should be fun. Um, yeah, then we're going to have you covered during the game and after. So make sure you check out BearsWire.com. Danny, the mock draft article. Alyssa? Yeah, we'll do that. I know. I know. I didn't do my hot seat yet. I have to because, again, I thought Tuesday was going to be safe. I don't know why. I let my guard down. We'll never and assume then, that. Oh, there, so yeah, stu- I got to catch up on that. There's more stuff to talk about with the Bears Monday through Saturday than there is on Sunday. Like, that, that's just how this team operates. Uh, Absolutely. Danny, the mock drafts are getting geared up. They are, they are, we are ready to talk mock drafts. We are in November now. Uh, and, and, you know, as the weeks go by, more and more Bears fans are wondering, you know, they're taking shape of what pick they could potentially have. Some of these websites are already putting out mock drafts. Uh, what do you got going on? What are we looking over right now? Yeah, just doing the preliminary work like we talked about today with, with edge rushers. Um, going to start posting some of these things on, out on our, our YouTube channel here. Some some little brief mini, uh, you know, scouting reports of some of these guys like Jared Verse and, and Latou from, uh, from UCLA. I'm uh, going to get those out uh, hopefully here real soon. And you guys can see some of these players that I'm talking about, you know, keep my eye on in terms of edge rushers. And also we'll attack the offensive line, obviously receivers. Um, the guy I've been really high on is Keon Coleman. And if anybody watched last week's game with Florida state, that guy is, is a beast. So obviously Marvin Harrison jr. Is the, is the top of the, uh, the pecking order at receiver, but Keon Coleman from Florida state is right behind him guys. And uh, don't forget, the Bears do play a football game on Sunday. Uh, they, they they play they play the New Orleans Saints. And uh, make sure you join Danny, myself, and Coach T on Bear Football for our post game show. The three of us will share immediate reactions, carry Coach Eberflus, and other press conferences, break down key plays of the game, and just give you all of that just raw emotion after the clock hits triple zeros. We go live as soon as the game is over. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and get your alerts because, like I said, when that when the clock hits triple zeros we go live for bear football but that will do it for us tonight thank you so much for tuning into buffone 55 whether it's your first time your 55th time the video version the podcast version the audio version whatever version we appreciate each and every one of you for Alyssa barbieri and danny shimon i'm john buffone we'll see you next time right here on buffone 55 